We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hello and welcome to the Rachel Zimmerman Show on KMOX. I'm Rachel Zimmerman. I'm so excited to be back after a week of replays. Um, I was actually out of town, out of the country actually, which we'll talk about a little later in the show. Uh, But I'm very excited for my first guest this show. It's my very, very good friend and mentor, Dave Glover. I thought it would be a great opportunity to have him on the show because we are kicking off our Operation Food Search campaign um, this week at Hardee's to raise money for people who are hungry in the St. Louis area. Uh, I'm going to let Dave explain it, but sit back, relax, and listen to my interview with Dave Glover. Hi, Dave. Hello, Rage. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, this is weird. I am strangely so nervous right now. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, we spend all day every day <laughs> together. Now we're now it's like forced. Now it's like I got to show them what I've got with the Rachel Zimmerman <laughs> show, and I don't know what I'm doing. Watch how many push-ups I can do. Right, exactly. But the reason why I thought you'd be a great guest this week is because this week on the Dave Glover Show, we have kicked off our Operation Food Search campaign for 2023. And if you've listened to the show at all during the holiday season, do you guys know that we raise money for Operation Food Search, which is an incredible organization. Actually, I'm going to let you take a minute and and tell everyone what this means to you every year. Yeah, so Operation Food Search, I, I guess I had heard the name before we started working with them, but I, did, I, you know, I, I could figure out based on the words. Uh, but then when we met Judy, uh, who we all love, and just how great she is, and she's kind of the, the face of the organization. And so what they do is they feed people all year long in the St. Louis area who are food insecure, which, as I've been saying, is a fancy word for hungry. They just don't have enough food to put on the table for themselves or their kids. And that's amazing and wonderful. And they do it, you know, 365 days a year. It's a little more important around the holidays for obvious reasons. Uh, the thing that they do that, that as you know, we both uh, have such a heart for is the backpack program, where uh, when I was a kid uh, in South Roxana, there were, I don't know, half a dozen, a dozen kids who got free lunches, although they had to work in the cafeteria. And there are a lot of programs like that now. But when the kids go home on the weekends, they don't have food. And so with the backpack program, every Friday afternoon, they fill a backpack for these kids with enough food for them and all of their siblings, whether they have a brother or sister or six at home. And it costs about $250 uh, to sponsor one child for an entire year, which is an amazing bargain. Uh, Every dollar that Operation Food Search brings in, they can multiply that by 10 because they're so good at this. They have such great partners like schnooks and different restaurants and such that donate food. So... 
that's uh, Operation Food Search. And so about six years ago, this is our sixth year, we partnered with them. And through Hardee's, you go to Hardee's and you get their delicious food. I recommend the, uh, the cinnamon raisin biscuit, which is back after a few years of being gone. And you'll be asked, as I was this morning, I went to visit my mom and uh, I went to Hardee's to get her one of those. And it's, it's kind of cool when it's like, hey, would you like a Dave Clover Show sticker? And you know me. I wanted to go like, sure, I'm the guy on the sticker. <laughs> That's me. But I didn't. I, I held off, waiting for them to say it. But, you know. The resemblance is uncanny. <laughs> it Sir, really is. you look just like the sticker cartoon. <laughs> Don't take this the wrong way. Um so, yeah, so you give a dollar or more, whatever you, like I said, here, give me 10 of them, and they just, you know, put it onto your bill, or you can round up, which we're all familiar with by going to grocery stores and such. But that's it. That's the campaign, and I'm very proud to say that in the five years we've been doing this, uh, the DJS audience has raised over $500,000, which translates to $5 million when you add the multiplication factor. Yeah, and, and we've had the opportunity to go out to different Hardee's in the community and meet with people. And it's always struck me, like, just the, the amount of people who have approached you and said, hey, I was a backpack kid. Yeah. Or I've benefited from Operation Food Search. It's really emotional. Remember the, the one time, it, it, I, it all runs together with COVID. But remember, we were doing our live show. Uh, every year we do one big live show. And it's kind of like the Jerry Lewis telethon when I was a kid. And here come the big hitters. And here's a check for $1,000. Here's a check for $2,000. Uh, it will be December 15th this year out uh, at the Mid-Rivers location. But remember one of the years, uh, the guy checking us out at Hardee's was a backpack kid. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, and the, uh, speaking of Hardee's, their food really does rock. I really does. really loved Hardee's as a kid. My dad would take me there all the time. And then whenever my brother was taking driver's ed, like, of course, we went to Christian school, so they didn't have driver's ed there. So we would get up at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning to take David to driver's ed at Alton High. And my mom and I would go through Hardee's every morning, and I would get hash rounds and a Minute Maid Cute. orange juice. Oh, I had so hash rounds good. this morning. They're so good. Why They're- didn't they have driver's ed? Because there were, like, ten kids in the whole school. I thought it was something biblical. No, it wasn't like you're not allowed to drive. It was just like, we don't have the resources for this sort of thing. I was going to crush it. So you've done a lot for Operation Food Search. You said over $500,000 raised, which we've done, of course. You can't do that without the help of the DGS audience. They are so... Tell me about how giving the Dave Glover Show audience is. So I just celebrated my 23rd year in the air, and I have always... You know this. You've been with me about half the time, I guess, uh, that... I would be nowhere near where I am professionally, personally, uh, the things that we've been able to do on the show for Folds of Honor and for kids' charities and for Operation Food Search without this audience. And they followed me from 97. I mean, first of all, I had no audience. And then we built this cult following, started in 2000, and then it turned, we went number one for like eight, 10 years in a row. And so it's a big audience, but it is the best. It is truly the best audience. They are outside the box thinkers. They are open minded. They are giving. They are generous. Uh, And so I just can't say enough good things about our audience. As you know, like when we do the DGS lives or when my band used to play and you meet them, they're just they're just cool, normal people. Okay, you mentioned 23 years on the air. What does that feel like? It feels it feels bizarre. Um, I'll be sixty next year, which 
I know all of those words, but it doesn't compute. You know, it just yeah. it just doesn't. It really, really, truly doesn't in any way, shape or form. That core of your life, you know, from like when you're 25 to, you know, 50, some whatever, it it just flew by. And uh, gosh, maybe five years ago, I read an article about me in an industry publication and it started out PM drive veteran comma Dave Glover. And I was like, what <laughs> veteran? And then I realized like, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, as you know, radio careers don't last long. Um, 23 years is almost unheard of. I have to be in the top five, I would guess for longevity and probably in the top two for actual talk shows like non-music radio. It just doesn't seem real. Yeah. It just doesn't, you know, I mean, People, when are you going to retire? And I guess I'm at that age where I should be thinking about it, but I'm not in that mindset. Uh, if if you told me, like, oh, we made a mistake, you're not going to be 60, you're going to be 40, I'd be like, whoo, that makes more sense. Let's do this another 20, 25 years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it it's just really, really weird. Um, yesterday we were talking off the air about, you know, your mental health and doing the show. Can you kind of flesh that out for me and the listeners? Yeah. Uh, in what way? Well, you're saying this isn't necessarily the best job for keeping up with your mental hygiene. Yeah. So uh, I my my whole family on both sides going all the way back and it's not every person, but there's a lot of mental illness. And I'm sure that everyone out there listening, if you're honest with yourself, you go, yeah. Me too, right? I mean, I don't know that a family goes untouched. But I recognized it in my family and in myself pretty early and started doing therapy 10 years ago-ish, something like that. And I'm, I don't know what my diagnosis would be, but you probably do. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of theories. Yeah, I figured you would. Uh <laughs> I, I'm just I'm very anxious. I'm very hypervigilant. I'm an overthinker. I tend to, uh, you know, see ghosts everywhere. There's something hiding behind every tree. And so being engaged to the level that I am in the world is kind of difficult. Mm -hmm. I might be better off being very much disconnected to the world because I get anxious and scared of silly things. So when you have real things to be anxious and scared about, like politics and nuclear war and idiots running the country, uh, I tend to take them home. A lot of people, it's like a surgeon. You know, you think about it. If a normal person went into a, a, an operating room and they're like, okay, here's a scalpel. You're going to open this person up and you're going to take something out. You're going to put something in. You're going to sew them back up. We, we couldn't do it. It's just, uh, that's too troubling. But a surgeon is professional enough and dispassionate enough that they can go in and they're like, okay, I'm going to cut this guy open. It's going to bleed. I'm going to do this. I'm going to suction. I'm going to do that. Then, okay, on to the next case. A really good talk show host is like that, sort of like when I was a divorce attorney. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a good divorce attorney uh, for many reasons, but one of them was I couldn't be professionally dispassionate. I would take it home. Mm -hmm. I would think about the people. I would worry about the people. And it's the same way with the show. Um, I take it all seriously. I have to know everything like you. You know, you get up in the morning, you look at every single website and all the newspapers and all the news sites and, and you make notes and you have your take and it's just a lot. 
You know, it's just, it's just a lot, especially for someone with my special brand of struggles. Uh, it's been incredibly rewarding. I would never take it back. I hope to do it another 10 years, but it's also tough. But you're not going home and like playing back the tape and like, what did I say or anything like that? It's more like you're just carrying the weight of all of this information. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about this last night because, as you know, they replay our show a bunch and I just don't go back and listen to shows. And I would probably be better at my job if I did and, uh, you know, critique myself and, oh, you should have this, you should have that. But it's not it's. It sounds like an excuse and a cop-out. In a, in a way, it is. In a way, it's not. That's not the kind of performer I am. I'm not a precision performer. I'm a seat-of-the-pants, hopefully quick wit, uh, make connections in my strange brain that other people don't see, that entertain people or make them laugh, or, wow, how did he come up with that? I'm not a precision guy. And so if I go back and listen to the day before, it... It just doesn't do me any good. So it's not so much performance anxiety. It's more just if I did a sports show, ah, who cares, right? I mean, like, oh, the Eagles suck this year or the Cardinals this or the Broncos that. But when you deal in real life the way we do, it, uh, yeah, knowing everything is tough. When we come back, part two of my interview with Dave Glover on The Rachel Zimmerman Show. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. When was the last time you remember just like being able to completely unplug and not see the world through the Dave Glover show lens? I pretty much have to be out of town. Um, as you know, I love to go to Florida and to, to Colorado. A really good friend of mine, Scott, has places there, and he's kind enough that he, he lets us use it as if it's ours, uh, which is why I hope to, to move west uh, someday because I love it out there. But when I'm in the mountains and I'm hiking and I have my family with me and I'm just chilling, I can feel what it must feel like to be a normal person, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I remember watching Leaving Las Vegas with Nicolas Cage. I didn't understand anything about alcoholism, but I remember in, in that show him saying, I don't drink to feel good. I drink to not feel terrible. I was like, oh, 
that makes sense. People who are addicted to things use the drug of their choice not to feel high or feel great. It's because without it, they feel like death. And so this is way too dramatic. I, I feel like I'm being overly dramatic. You're not. But the way my mind works, the way my sympathetic nervous system is aligned, uh, when I'm feeling really good in the mountains with my family hiking or riding motorcycles with, with Scott, I feel like that's probably the baseline how most people feel normally, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want this to be like a poor me kind of thing. Feel sorry for Dave. No one should feel sorry for Dave. Dave has it very good. But for other people who struggle with things like this, I, I hopefully by falling on my sword and just saying, here's how it is in my, in my skull, people will go, oh, man. Me too. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, you're definitely not dramatic. I think that the fact that you're so open is what draws a lot of listeners to you. And they they just feel seen when you say stuff like that. Because most people are, like, trying to put up a little bit of a front. Um, Me too. Yeah. 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 I've never, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but is imposter syndrome a thing for you? Oh, my God. Uh, My, so I took the LSAT just as a lark. And ended up doing really, really well, uh, even though I had a terrible GPA. And I got a scholarship offer to Wash U. I think they thought I was like a goodwill hunting, you know, from this little uh, refinery town and bad grades in college, but aced the LSAT, so they gave me a scholarship. And on day one, sitting in the very first class, feeling completely out of place with all of these geniuses from Yale and Harvard and Stanford, and before the professor walked in, an administrator walked in and said, hey, I'm sorry, uh, just a housekeeping announcement for you. And I literally picked up my books, mm. literally, because I just knew that she was going to say, uh, David Glover, could you follow me? And they're going to say, we've made a terrible mistake. So every second of my life is some form of imposter syndrome. And people who have what I have, whatever label you want to put on it, there's a little voice in my head I've had as long as I can remember this inner critic who's very loud and very pushy and gets really active when something good happens. And so if I get an award or if I'm number one or if I sign a new big contract or I do national television or I do a television show or play in the band, if you're like, wow, that guy starts talking and starts chattering and and he's very difficult to defeat. And so I've been incredibly blessed in my career but for every award, every project that goes well, every joke, every whatever, that guy's there to kind of kick me in the balls. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you feel like you sometimes hold back because you don't want to listen to that guy? No, because I'm equally driven to please. Uh, in a normal way, as a performer, this is what I always wanted to do. Uh, is perform in some way and be funny and what have you, uh, which my parents didn't think was a real job, which maybe it isn't, but I got lucky. Uh, but I'm just driven to do that. You know, mm. I I do it without thinking. I, I just, it's my language. Th- that's how I view the world. And I feel like that's what I have to offer the world. And so it's, it's competing, you know, it's a push-pull, the constant, you know, like, tectonic plates that... I want to perform, and I want to do well, and I want people to like me, but I know I'm going to have to pay the price because that guy is going to tell me what a fraud I am. I'm wondering if this ties in in any way. I had written down I wanted to talk to you about the fact that 
yes, you you are very blessed. Um, but you also, I also don't think people realize how hard you work because you downplay it so much. Do you think that's a, a symptom of yeah. the guy in your head talking to you? Yeah. Like, you can't let people know. Well, I mean, I just, look, I missed, like, two questions on the LSAT. I graduated with honors from Wash U. If it were someone else, I'd go, wow, that's uh-huh. amazing. That's incredible. But when I tell the story, how do I tell it? I did it on a whim. I did it on a whim. I caught a flyer. That's, I do it. I'm sure, performatively, to be charming. Like, oh gosh, he's he's so cool, he doesn't even acknowledge his accomplishments. But it's deeper and darker than that, in that I'm trying to keep that guy asleep, if that makes sense. Yeah. And if I just say it out loud before he does, like, oh, I just got really super lucky, maybe he won't rouse and start poking. Yeah, that's something I hear a lot of comedians talk about, is like, I make fun of myself to kind of get ahead of the problem. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone with my thing knows, like, how I threw my keys down the elevator shaft and how I've done so many things in my life. You just want to fly the plane into the mountain before you crash. Yeah. Let's just get it over with. And I've done that so many times, so stupidly. Uh, but it's just, it's like being right-handed or left-handed. It's like being six foot two or five foot six you know you just you kind of are who you are and you have to at some point come to terms with it and do the best you can all right let's switch gears a little bit take me through your process preparing for a live show how many hours of work do you think you put into your stand-up act your music doing the whole rundown for a dgs live performance um so given what i just said uh not trying to be self-deprecating, not as much as you would think. Um, Again, it goes back to the, hopefully, being a natural performer. And I do feel like the (laughs) the more I try, the more I drill in, the less nectar I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm, again, I'm not a precision guy. I'm not a preparation guy. I am an event guy. I'm a performance guy. And so, I do about an hour stand up and it's mostly stories, you know, from my childhood and you know with a through with a through line and I know the stories I want to tell and I know the stories very well cuz I lived them and I've told them so many times and then what I'll do is I'll have pieces of paper about 12 of them and then I'll just literally set them on the floor and walk around and look at them and say, "Oh, you know what? This would go really well into this, but I need a transitional joke. Got it." I'm going to say this. And kind of like Dave Murray talks about with his fall forecast or his you know, seasonal forecast, then I'll leave it alone and I'll go back and I'm like, no, that's stupid. You should do this. And then eventually you get to a point where you go, okay, well, this is as good as I'm going to get it. Now I just have to do it live, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then like the music thing, um, so I got my first guitar. My brother gave me a 72 Blonde Telly. Uh, which is a great guitar, when I was in fourth grade, I beat the crap out of it. And he it's like, you know, knocking it up against stuff, my dresser, pretending I could, was the Beatles. And he took it back. And uh, I, I, like, took five or six lessons in seventh grade. It was too difficult. It didn't come naturally. I'm inherently pretty lazy. And I just stopped. And so I play guitar at the same level I did in fourth grade. Drums, on the other hand, came really naturally to me. And I played eight hours a day. 
And I did it enough, sort of like I was obsessed with working out and bodybuilding in my 20s. And I did it enough that even at 59, there's something still there. Yeah. It doesn't take as much for me to get in shape. And it's kind of the same thing that uh, musically with, with drums and stuff, it's in there somewhere and I'm too lazy to want to get better. And so I just depend on luck and, and BS, I guess, when I go on stage. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, I have a, I have a really privileged seat to the Dave Glover show. Sometimes we have these breaking news days where the world explodes and the whole show gets thrown out and you're just focused on the story happening that day. And it's like watching, I don't know, it's like your eyes change color and you're like, like you just go into a different mode. What's going through your head when that happens? Um, or is anything going through your head? Does it just happen? It, it just happens. But I especially, I mean, I did it on 97.1. I mean, my first big show was 9 11. Yeah. And you know the story, but I was doing a 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. show. I was still an attorney, but I had already given up on that. So I would come in earlier. And on uh, 9 11, I was in court. And then I came in about 10 a.m. They put me on the air. And then they put me on the air on all of our stations, Casey and the Point and all that, like simulcasting. And I did from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And that's where most people back in my early career found me. And it was just this indescribable responsibility like i am the person helping st louis and that sounds grandiose but at the time is how it felt through this completely unique thing that we're all going through together and so every time whether it's you know bobby plager passing away or whatever the school shooting i am like okay we're putting all the bs aside it's it's go time. It's game time. It's not just you have a responsibility with a lowercase r to entertain these people. You now have a responsibility with an uppercase, all letters, because something the, the, the you know what has hit the fan. You happen to be the voice they're listening to. You have to deliver for them, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Okay, this is my last question. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dave. What's something that you wish more people knew about you? I mean, you're so open, and you get to you get to do your show every day, but is there anything that you're like, man, I feel like that doesn't come across? I don't know. Let me put it back on you. What do you think if you could wish that? I, I think you're a much more thoughtful person in a, than the public-facing persona because you are such like a, look at me, I'm Dave, and you're telling your goofy stories— but I just think you feel things so deeply and you take things so seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, while I'm... also being the most lighthearted, like you're like the funniest person I've ever met. You, there are things that you said six years ago that I think <laughs> of and I laugh because it's just like, oh, my gosh, that was so on the money. That was so funny. But I think there's like this undercurrent of depth that I that maybe people don't understand as much. Yeah. I mean, you know me really well. And you see it. Uh, it's not like I'm the sad clown or a tortured artist or something, but I'm I'm kind of the WB frog. I mean, I'm always the quietest person at a table. I'm never, I don't fight for oxygen. I don't try to take over conversations. Yeah. I'm very quiet in every possible way. A, a bit more of a loner than I ever thought I really was 
Um, my brother and sister, Debbie and Keith, uh, are and were, and I mean this sincerely, much smarter than me, way funnier, more talented musically. I just happened to be the performer out of the group. Yeah. You know, I just happened to be the one who you put me on stage and I get a little bigger. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, this isn't to say I'm smart, but I'm a deep thinker. I love philosophy. I love astrophysics, although I don't understand anything once you put numbers to it. But I love the concepts. I love thinking about consciousness and reality. And that's kind of what I do on, on my off time. If I'm not, you know, with, with the family or doing something, I am just sitting around making notes and reading and watching shows about this stuff. And um, so, yeah, it really is kind of a weird dichotomy, I guess. I hope you'll come back again, Dave. I would love to. Thank you. Thank you, Rach. Welcome back to the Rachel Zimmerman Show on KMOX. I want to take a second here and tell you guys how much I appreciate you listening, whether you listen while it's playing over the air or if you go back and podcast later. It means the world to me that you listen, so I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show that I was out last week because I was abroad, and I was actually in Japan. I uh, had never taken a trip like this before, and I've kind of been mulling over, like, how do I want to talk about this? Because it was such an amazing experience. And the fact of the matter is, is there's no way I can convey how great it was through words. But I can take you guys on a little, like, itinerary through what I was doing and kind of try to explain why I had such a good time. So we flew out on a, gosh, it, it was a Tuesday morning. And it was actually Halloween. So that was a little weird, totally missing Halloween because I was on flights the entire day. Uh, but we flew out on ha- Halloween. And we flew on ANA, which is a Japanese airline, and it was so great. It was it was a 14-hour flight, and I had really been dreading it. I thought it was going to be awful. And it turned out that it was actually a pretty pleasant experience. Look, I don't want to do it like for recreation, but as far as from getting me from St. Louis to Japan, uh, or actually from uh, from Houston to Japan, it was a really, really great experience. Um, the food on the flight was <laughs> amazing. You guys, if you know me at all, you know I'm pretty driven by f- food. And they gave us two meals, which really helped break up the flight. You also had a little bit uh, more than average leg room, I think, on a flight, on an international flight like that. Um, I did have sleep issues. Pretty much everyone else around me was was sleeping pretty well through a good chunk of the flight. I was not able to sleep at all. Um, there were a couple times where I, I dozed off, but then I would kind of like, you know, your head drops and you had a snap back. So I think for the next time I have a long flight like that, I'm going to get one of those travel pillows or something so my head doesn't drop and I can actually get some sleep. But overall, it was a really fun flight. And then we got into Haneda Airport in Tokyo. And whenever the flight like got above Tokyo and you could see this gigantic city, I was wearing a mask at the time, but my jaw dropped. I just I just couldn't believe how vast it was. And that's really all I'll say about Tokyo is just the vastness. How many people are there? Um, it's mind-blowing, especially being from Grafton. I mean, Grafton has a population of 600 people. I am the definition of a small-town girl. So to go from being born there, being raised there, living in the city of St. Louis, which is, you know, it's a pretty pretty decent sized city but to go from here to Tokyo it was just absolutely incredible um rode the train a lot whenever I was in Tokyo um 
which was a really interesting experience. You you have to be very aware of the people around you. You don't want to take up any of their space. You have to kind of give up some of your personal space. There's a lot of give and take when it comes to riding the train uh, in that busy of an area. Best shopping I've ever experienced in my life in Tokyo. And then uh, about four days into the trip, we took the Shinkansen to Kyoto. And the Shinkansen is a high-speed bullet train. And you guys, this was my favorite part of the whole trip. It was so amazing. I wish we had these in the United States. Imagine if you could go, you know, what was normally a six-hour journey in, in two hours. Or you could be in Chicago in an hour and a half on a train. It was so cool. And before you get on the train, you go to the train station and you get, it's called an Ekiben. And it's a special bento box that is like for the your Shinkansen ride. Um, and you get to go pick out your meal and you pick out a drink and you have it on the train. And it's so, it just feels so old school and so fun. So that was my favorite part of the entire trip. Then we went to Kyoto, probably the most beautiful place I've ever been in my entire life. It's a lot more rural. Um, the nature was just unbelievable. Uh, there were a lot of tourists in Kyoto, though. Uh, I noticed that. In Tokyo, it's a little bit less noticeable just because there's so many people. And we were just, like, riding the train and shopping and stuff. But Kyoto is definitely a tourist destination. But it was it was a beautiful time. Then we went back to Tokyo for a couple of days. So that's kind of my itinerary. That's what we did. Um, again, I can't actually sum up the amazing experience I had. I just know that I want to go back. I want to travel more in general. It sounds so cliche, but when you travel, you just you're open to other people's experience. And the thing that kept running through my head, like the whole time I was in this amazing city of Tokyo, I was like, all of these people have lives just like me. There's 44 million people, I think, and all of them are just living their life just like I'm living my life back home. It it just made me feel small, but in a good way. It made me feel like I was pulling towards the common good. So that was really cool. Uh, if you guys have any life-changing trips that you've been on, I'd love to hear about it. You can always tweet at me, at RachelZSTL, or Instagram, same thing, at RachelZSTL. I'd love to hear from you. When we come back, I'm going to run down a couple of stories that maybe you haven't heard this week. Thanks for listening to The Rachel Zimmerman Show on KMOX. Let's talk about a couple of stories that maybe you haven't heard this week. Um, so the holiday season is coming up. Thanksgiving is less than a week away. That seems absolutely crazy to me. It just really snuck up on me. Um, but since it's the holiday season, people are doing a lot more shopping. If you are an Amazon Prime member, I'm sure you are getting your money's worth ordering gifts and such from Amazon Prime. But Amazon says that Prime scams are on the rise Crooks are trying to gain access to your Prime account with scam emails, calls, and text messages. The online retailer says it has seen a surge in criminal activity as shoppers use Amazon to make their holiday holiday purchases, like I said. Reports of email attachment schemes have doubled in the second half of 2023. So the scams involve criminals posing as Amazon customer service representatives, sending shoppers attachments suggesting that their accounts will be suspended if they don't take action. If you end up clicking on the link in the attachment, it goes straight to the criminal's website where they start collecting all kinds of information. So be very, very careful when it comes to stuff like that. My rule of thumb is, has Amazon ever done anything like this before? Um, if they haven't, then I'm going to probably ignore it and assume that it's a hacker or a fisher or something like that. Because, I don't know, it just seems like they would get a hold of you straight through your account rather than through an email. 
And anytime anyone's sending you an attachment like that and you don't know exactly where it's coming from, it's just a good idea to not click on it. But sometimes it can look pretty convincing, so I get why people get swept up. The second type of scam uh, targets members of Amazon's Prime Shopping Club has quadrupled over the same period, with scammers calling, texting, and emailing Prime members about a bogus membership fee or an account issue. Again, Amazon is probably going to get a hold of you straight through your app, straight through your account if there's something weird going on. But generally, there's nothing weird going on. Generally, things are swimming along just fine. If there's going to be a membership fee or something, you're going to see something like that in the news. So if you get a call or a text or an email about this, just sit on it and wait for more information before you make your move to protect yourself. I thought this was pretty cool. Venmo is making splitting the bill easier. So we use Venmo a lot on the Dave Glover show. I use it with my friends sometimes. It's really nice if you're all like going out to dinner or something and one person pays, you can kind of pay your half of the bill with that. But Venmo is now rolling out a new feature that makes it even easier to split the bill. It's going to help users track, split, and manage ongoing expenses between people for things like dinners, holidays, and household costs. And it's all happening through the app. Uh, The feature will automatically calculate individual amounts based on the number of people in the group. Okay, one more story here. According to a new survey by Bankrate, Gen Z has the worst tipping habits out there. Okay, so Gen Z was born between 1997 and 2012, and it looks like 35% of Gen Zers say they always tip at a sit-down restaurant, but 83% of baby boomers do the same. Personally, that should be 100% across every generation. If you don't want to tip, then you shouldn't go out to eat. That's how I feel. And I think I'm right on that one. If you disagree, let me know on Twitter or Instagram. We can have a nice little argument about the situation, but come on. You know what the game is whenever you go out to eat. You know you're supposed to leave a tip. These people are working for tips. 35%. That's that's not good. Only 24% of Gen Z always tip their hairdresser, stylist, or barber. Uh, for comparison, 70% of baby boomers always tip for these services. And this one drives me crazy. Food delivery. Only 31% of Gen Z always tip their delivery drivers. That's half the rate among baby boomers. Look, if you are too lazy to go out and get your food, you need to tip the person who is nice enough to go and get it for you. My friend Andrew is a DoorDash driver. His wife Megan and he do it all the time. It breaks my heart that they don't get tips half the time. That's that's not fair, you know. Again, you were the one who was lazy and wanted to stay home Go ahead and reward the person who is doing the legwork for you. This is insane to me. Ugh. Anyway. All right, guys. Uh, those are just a couple of stories that maybe you didn't hear this week. I sure appreciate you listening to The Rachel Zimmerman Show. We will talk to you again next week. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 